to show and tell now, shall we? What's good, beautiful people of the world? I am a desperately in need of a haircut, but also at the same time, maybe I'll just grow it out, Creator K, and welcome to episode 29 of the Show & Tell podcast, a bi-weekly show on every first and third Tuesday of each month where a special guest and I share stories, music, and art that you should know about because sharing is caring. In this episode, producer, singer, and songwriter David Blazer pulls up to say what's up, and I say, what's up back, and he says, not much, you, and I say, me either, sorry for not responding with that in the first place when you said what's up because that's how a normal human would respond to that question they wouldn't just like repeat it back to you but yeah i'm good and then it generally goes on like a regular conversation from there um i'm not going to give too much more away of it because it's a really riveting riveting show that we've got uh in all seriousness though i'm i'm actually really excited so i'm just going to carry on with this intro so we can get into it so yeah david blazer joins the show for episode 29 a young mind and an old soul david writes beautiful music that serenades a listener's ears and tells stories of love identity the past and other thought-provoking ideas in part one of the episode david talks about how he's always felt like someone who belongs somewhere else or in a different time period and how he channels that through his sound he also shares his thoughts on the transition he made from an artist who made what he thought he should be making to an artist who makes what he wants to make. Artist identity and purpose is a timeless piece of discussion in my humble opinion, so I think y'all will enjoy hearing about it from David's perspective. In part two, David taps into one of his other passions and shares from it a unique item that has been around for a very, very long time. I'll give you a hint in two words, national pastime. And if I'm feeling frisky, here's a third word to give a, a hint, cool. Uh, with that said, yeah, let's get into it. It's time for show and tell. Welcome to episode 29 of the Show and Tell podcast. This is take two because take one was so bad that I had to do it again. I am your host, Creator K. Joining me for episode 29 from across the United States is producer, singer, songwriter, David Blazer. Woo! I'm here. What's up? How's it going, What's Mike? Up? Thanks for having me, dude. I'm looking forward to this. I haven't actually done a podcast before, so. Uh, ah, so you joined the various number of guests that i've had on the show who <laughs> it's been their first podcast so you're not alone there we go there we go it's a christening yeah <laughs> so how's it going how are you doing i know we talked about this bef before we started recording but um for the listeners how are you doing yeah I, i'm doing i'm doing swell and not so swell the the good things are that i have my my music obviously and i have um you know i've always been like an introverted person so so kind of having this isolation time has been really kind of a blessing. At the same time, my girlfriend uh, is with her family, so we're unable to spend time with each other, obviously. So uh, I've been going over there every once in a while, fully hazmat suited out just to say <laughs> hi, give her some gifts, some flowers, and you know, try, try to be the best boyfriend I can uh, <laughs> under these circumstances. But uh, yeah, look, like it's all, it's, you know, it's definitely, a ch everybody's going through this, this challenging time together. So um, I know I'm not alone in how I feel in this kind of confused state. But uh, yeah, I feel I feel like uh, I feel like there's something on the horizon that's going to be, you know, there's there's some good coming out of this for sure. Yeah, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I appreciate your honesty, too. And not Thank just you. saying that everything's swell and grand. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's not. as good as we can make it, you know. Absolutely. So 
for the listeners who do not know who you are and what you do, why don't you tell the listeners who you are and what you do? Awesome. Well, um, I'm a singer songwriter producer from Los Angeles. Uh, I've been making music for about 10 years. Uh, not just like making music, but recording it. I started kind of like working with my brother who really was like my inspiration growing up, uh, as well as my dad who, who was a, a record, um, a, a DJ, a DJ uh, in the seventies. So I kind of grew up in a, a a creative musical family. None of my family members are musicians, just except for my grandma, who was a pianist. But um, I grew up around amazing soul records, jazz, R&B, and just really, really great music from 60, the 60s, 70s, 80s. Mm. And that really, a lot of what inspired me to kind of like pursue music was, is the, the idea of putting things together and storytelling, kind of like creating a, a world with with a medium and it doesn't it doesn't matter what the medium is it's mainly just the idea of kind of building something that uh you know takes you somewhere it's so funny because i like obviously i knew this kind of question would come up but i i still don't know how to answer it like music just kind of came just came about and obviously i'm very grateful for it and it's one of the things keeping me uh keeping me sane through this time as well yeah for sure i mean would you equate it to just your environment you said you know your brother was a big inspiration as as was your dad i mean i think just being around those types of people in your formative years would kind of help mold that part of you no oh absolutely yeah i mean i think i think we're all very influenced by our family members no matter what mm-hmm. you know even even if it's subtle even if you take a completely different direction in your life your your family members they do in some ways dictate the direction you go. And, you know, it's, I've, I've been lucky enough to have a family that supports me, fully supports me on any creative endeavor I go on because of, of, because that's kind of what my family does on their, you know, as individuals. So, um, I definitely think what you just said about, you know, being, you know, I've, I've been cultivated in this energy, obviously growing up in LA, I've, I, as a kid, I would go to like low end theory you know, like I would go to concerts with my brother all the time, uh, all sorts of concerts. So I definitely, I definitely was educated about music at, like at a very young age, while not really pursuing it in any fashion other than being a fan of it and and really enjoying it and embracing it. But yeah, there's it's a huge thing. It, the people you surround yourself, you know, the people who are around you are the ones who not only influence you and and take you down a path, but they're, you know, they're the ones that you want to share it with the most. Yeah, definitely. That's a nice little callback to last episode with Tiana Young, who said, you're the product of the five people you spend the most time with Mm -hmm. at any given time. So absolutely. She's very smart. She is very smart. Shout out Tiana. (laughs) Hi, how how are you? Hope you're well. (laughs) Um, Before we talk more about you and your music and other stuff that I have on the docket, let's play a song for the listeners. We're not doing snippets anymore. We're playing the full tracks so you guys can relax and let some tunes float into your ears. If you were to pick a song, you can honestly pick any song you want, but if you were to pick a song that kind of demonstrates who you are, one that you're kind of most proud of that you like to show people, what would it be? And we can play it on the show. Uh, wow. That's a tough, that's so tough because I really do think that like every, every project I go, I, I tempt to create, uh, kind of evokes its own thing. But I would say, I think Rose Petals would be a good one to play right now for some reason. You took the one that I was going to share. Oh, wow. Look at that. (laughs) No, that's cool though. I have a, 
I have a backup. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, a backup? I mean, I'd, I'd probably put on my light latest single, Young Mind, Old Soul, or... I mean, I, it's so hard. This is, like, probably the hardest question you could ask me. Because <laughs> yeah. I'd like i like to put them all into one thing. Uh, let's go with Young Mind, Old Soul. That's my recent single. And it's kind of setting up the next few singles I have coming out as well. Dope. All right. This is Young Mind, Old Soul by David Blazer. In the stream to another coast Till the wall fades into road Without a rest or friends to call your own I would take that chance, you know Cause you're my old soul You're my old soul You're my old soul Just be done. I will be your brightest sun. Build that home beside the love. I would save that place for us. Cause you're my old soul.
So I'm glad you picked that song. The other song that we're going to play in a little bit is Rose Petals, which um, I, I just refuse to let you steal from me. I didn't leave it in the show, but I said, I swear to God, if you don't let me pick this song, I'm going to we're going to cut the episode. Um, uh. Just threatening him over the airwaves. <laughs> we're we're going to play that song in a little bit. So it's I'm glad you mentioned or picked Young Mind, Old Soul, because I feel like that kind of defi- like describes well who you are. And I think Travis George from Sunday Sauce would agree. He said, I was listening to our episode. This was episode 15 for those of you who didn't listen to it because um, we talked about you. And he said that you have the energy of a 60-year-old gambler. <laughs> I know. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, obviously you're not 60. Maybe you are. Are you? <laughs> no, I'm 27, although I look like okay. I'm 18. <laughs> <laughs> what, wow. This is so many different ages being thrown around. Do you do you struggle internally with um how old you think you are? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, like it Travis said it probably better than I could. <laughs> I'm a 6-year-old gambler. Uh <laughs> um I definitely think yeah, that song definitely represents, you know, in many ways my my identity and how I you know, how I identify as someone who I don't feel like necessarily I'm someone from 2020, you know, and I think a lot of people feel that way. You know, they don't necessarily identify with the time, you know, they, I, I very much embrace a lot of what my, my, my father gave me. My father's an older guy, so he's in his seventies. So, um, he's definitely, he's a seasoned, a seasoned veteran, uh, in the music world, in the music domain, so he, you know, I have obviously been around a lot of music, pop, early pop music from the 60s, you know, 60s and 70s. So like um, it's it's influenced me and kind of it's kind of taken me um, some time to figure out who I really am in that way. Um, and, and that I love this old this these old styles of music, these music, this these styles of music that have really kind of um you know, faded away over time, not necessarily mm-hmm. faded, but have definitely evolved and changed in, into what we have today. Um, and I think, I think that song definitely represents my search for identity. At the same time, it's really not even about me. It's, it's very much about people who do feel like they're not from their current state, Mm-hmm. And that there's something else, there's something else in their past, whether it's a past life or something inside them that really, they're not, they're, they don't understand it yet. You know, they don't understand it. They're, they're naive to it. Um, so that's kind of like where I wanted to take that song. And, and I took it stylistically with that too, I think, kind of playing on like the nursery rhyme kind of feel or the, the idea of uh, uh, these, this very simple format, this simple arrangement um, using soft sounds, a lot of delicate sounds to kind of represent that. Um, I, I think that's like a very important thing for me is to to try to like capture not only like the meaning of what I'm trying to convey, but do it sonically and do it in a way that ta- like takes you to that place, even if you were not to understand the the, the meaning of it whatsoever. Yeah. I don't know that may have been a yeah. convoluted answer, but I did, but it's it's hard to it's for me it's very hard to like pinpoint where a song comes from. I can find the inception of a song, I know where it comes from, but I don't know once it takes its own life, it's kind of its own thing, and I just I let it I let it do its own thing. I guess you're like a a proud father. <laughs> yeah, you mold it. Oh, absolutely. I definitely think once I put it out, 
once I'm done with it, once I'm done with the project, like it's not mine really. It's, it's very mm. much, it's very much, I, I feel like, you know, I think it's cliche to say, but I don't, I don't know who exactly said it, but someone said that you're, you're grabbing these things from like the sky. You're taking, you're taking the things out of nowhere that have already been there. You know, they, they've essentially been like on a tree. They've been, they've been fruit on a tree and you've taken it and it's not yours. You're just borrowing it. You're just like repurposing it for yourself. And I think like there, it's a valuable thing to, to consider because it, it makes you realize that you're not the only one creating. You're not the only one who's who's doing this. And and to understand that, you know, originality comes from inspiration and from mm-hmm. from all things in your life. And to like embrace that is super, super important. I truly do believe once you put something out, like it isn't yours anymore. And, you know, you don't have the right to say to tell people how they feel about it. Um, and it, it's important to kind of let it go. Like you said, you're, you're a father, you're a mother to your, your kid, you know, it's time to let that, that kid go and, and figure out what, what they want to become, you know, what they want to do with their yeah. life. Maybe that, maybe they want to be an astronaut or yeah. a fireman. Yeah. A- absolutely. Those are all like the very cliche yeah. aspirations Any for public young servant <laughs> job, that would be ideal. An a NBA doctor, basketball player. <laughs> uh, Have you always kind of felt like you didn't fit into the, your generation, or when did you start to feel like you kind of belonged? I, I not belonged to a different generation, but when did you kind of feel like you didn't quite fit in? This sounds very. I don't like how I'm phrasing this question. It's at okay. All. <laughs> That's all good. I understand where but, you're. Um, I, I totally but understand you know, where yeah, you're coming from. Yeah, you know, you know where I'm coming from, and hopefully the listeners do too, or else. I'm doing a bad job. No, but yeah, I, think, ans- I think they do. I think they do. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think a lot of it comes from, you know, I oh, there's an ambulance coming. Uh, a lot of it. That's dope. Yeah. Oh, it's really close. Is it for you? Yikes. Yeah, that's over here. <laughs> it's right in my neighborhood. What, ha- what happened? I can't see you. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> my place is on fire right now, but it's all oh, good. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is essential for me. Uh, so... Um, it's not, it's, I guess it's a personality trait and a lot of people have it, you know, it's, it's a sense, it's kind of going back to my, you know, feelings of introversion and just wanting to kind of to escape the, the hustle and bustle of modern life, the, the technology, the, the things that are around us. I love them. And I like, I use them because not only do I get things out of them that I, I enjoy, I truly enjoy. Um, but I do think that, if I was someone living in, <laughs> you know, early, what, 1700s or whatever, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe even like civil war period, I, I probably would have, I probably would have been a, you know, more, a more gallant person. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I probably, I probably would have, I probably would, uh, strive to do obviously different things, but, um, I think I would just be a different person. I think thinking about that is just fascinating and it, whether or not it's true, maybe I would be a peasant at a time like that, you know, who knows, mm, but the, yeah. but the, but the idea of it is kind of just fascinating to me. And I think, I think it's not about necessarily feeling like you don't belong, but it's feeling like you belong somewhere else too, you know? And, mm, and, mm-hmm. and I try to encapsulate that in my music a lot. I think that's dope. Yeah. Let's jump back into your music because I'm very excited to ask you one particular question. You kind of touched on it a little bit, how, 
you know, the way that you view music has changed over time. And since you've been doing it for the last 10 years, I'm sure it's changed multiple times, but you had one significant big change in the last year or two, probably slightly off on that time frame. but we'll clarify it in a minute. But before we get to that, let's play another track. And it's the one that we already spoke about. It's off of your Candy Talk EP, your debut EP, and that is Rose Petals. You got anything to say about that before we drop it on the listeners? Uh, get ready to fall in love. Oh, all right. <laughs> let's get into it. Take me for a fool. Lay down rose petals. Call out all the rules that try to win your heart and lose. that was rose petals off of your debut ep candy talk which i said before the song and i'll say it again why don't you walk us through how you got to the release of your debut ep from before you were known as david blazer Mm -hmm. the artist so the i guess the it took a pro it was a process it definitely wasn't something that happened overnight and it's something that Took It definitely took three years, about three years for me to kind of understand where I was creatively and who, what I, what I identify with and what I value. And when it, when it came to changing my, my name from a soul mechanic to just David Blazer to my real name, it really came down to the idea that I, not, I don't do one thing. And while that's not necessarily the best thing for uh, reaching, reaching people, uh, it's very much how I create things. It's the only way I can stay active is by mm-hmm. constantly changing it up uh, while still trying to maintain, you know, my, my filter, who I am as a, you know, as an artist, like definitely, definitely don't want my, <laughs> my perspective to ever get lost in that. But I do, I do value growth and evolution. And I think a soul mechanic was a really great, a really great platform for me to express these early thoughts I had, these early melodic ideas, these these production ideas, um, and formulate them. And people ask me, like, still, 
is a soul mechanic like still a thing? And I'm like, dude, of course I'm still a soul mechanic. You know, like, mm-hmm. like I still, I will still write instrumental music. I will still do these kind of things. And I think I don't want that to ever get lost. I think that's very important to me is, is the inception of what, where music came from for me. And that project, I still hold it very dearly. And I did some, I did some very things I'm very proud of and some things I'm not proud of, you know, like, uh, like most artists. <laughs> um, but, uh, I think I think very much the evolution came from me wanting to be just just me and being able to just feel comfortable in saying that I do I do what I want to do with the project no matter what um, I, and there's no compromise in that sense. I definitely think it was the most challenging thing I've ever had to do. Uh, I definitely fought with myself like night nightly over that um, you know because it is taking a step back. Uh, you're I, I had a good kind of a good presence with with a lot of the you know the beat community and the the hip hop community, and to change kind of you know change that that path and and do something different was a little frightening. But uh, I, I had to say it was also the most exhilarating process of my my music career or whatever you want to call it. It was definitely the most like ex- exciting thing I could have ever done and necessary because it, it kept me working. Um, hmm. And yeah, and I think I think in the end of the day too, it's very much once you put lyrics, once you put lyrics into your music, and once you start writing songs, I think that there's a point where you need to consider, you know, not only what are you what do you represent, but how does your message come across? And I think my music now is more personable. It's more personal, more personable, and it's just more intimate. A soul mechanic mm-hmm. was a little bit more of like a broad abstraction of all these feelings. And now I think I'm able to put them into concrete form where they're a little bit more accessible in many ways. Yeah, I mean, I imagine it's difficult for people who make music that doesn't involve vocals to really convey or like you said, make it personable and kind of convey the emotions they're getting across. I think there are a lot of people out there who do that. A lot of the artists I enjoy listening to who don't necessarily sing over their stuff or rap or whatever it may be or have other people, um, you know, sing or rap over it. I think there are those who do get those emotions across and that just shows how talented they are. But I think... um, yeah, I mean, was that kind of difficult for you, or did you, throughout the process, did you find did you find it kind of easy to put your message into words rather than just sonics? Yeah, I think I was lucky. I was lucky enough to start in that way. I kind of did the opposite of what most people do. So most people start off writing songs, you know, like they they mm-hmm. learn their favorite songs and they play them on guitar. I didn't do that. I I mean, I played guitar and I played all these instruments, but I. I wanted to produce. I wanted to make like instrumentals and beats for people. I wanted to do exactly what what I did with the Soul Mechanic. But I but I think what was good about that was I w- I had to put my emotions into sonic form first. I had to make mm-hmm. music. I had to make music before I made meaning. And I think that's like a very important thing is to is to make music, you know, make, make it sound good. It should sound good. <laughs> it's, you know, it should be, it should <laughs> right. be enjoyable. You should, there, I don't find enjoyment in like, you know, 30 stanza songs that are, you know, they, they drag on. I like, I like hooks and I like catchy melodies and I like things that are, that are shiny. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, um, yeah. And, and in order to, and like you said, like conveying that through, through just an instrumental is very, very challenging. Uh, I, I spent a lot of time trying to do that and figuring out how I could do that, how I can convey um, feelings of nostalgia and warmth and comfort on the ba- most like broad level, you know, because I think, I think that is very much what a lot of producers feel when they're making music is there's this kind of like broad idea of what it is. Um, and like, they, they feel like it's very much just, it's music. Like it's just in like mo- some people want to make their music out to be more than what it is. But for me, I know for a lot of my friends, like it's just, it's just music, you know, it's just enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It's, it sounds good. And they, while there should be meaning behind it, while there should be purpose for it, it's got to sound good first before anything else. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think I would agree with that for sure. Or I know I would agree with that. I definitely feel the same way. You mentioned before kind of the struggle in a way of kind of making that transition. Did you feel that you were kind of starting over at all at any point where, you know, you, you were saying how you were pretty immersed in the beat scene and did you ever feel like you were kind of starting from maybe not square one, but kind of a lower block or a lower stair on the staircase? Oh, absolutely. I mean, not only that, but I was also part, arguably a part of a, a community that was like in its infancy growing into like what it is now, which is a huge, a huge community of producers of beat makers, um, creating really amazing stuff that is heard around the world. And while I am kind of still bridged into that, that world, there is a definitely a feeling of, yeah, I started over. I'm, I'm, I'm like a lone ranger now. And I have to, I have to figure out how to create my own momentum without, really anyone else and it is extremely challenging but it's also extremely fun because I just feel like uh I there's no there's no formula for me there's really no like and there's no formula for anyone really now it's like now more than ever man anything goes like yeah so so for me it's very it's exciting it's scary it's all those things in the end of the day it had to happen like my my reinvention of myself had to happen I knew it did, and I think it just took me a lot a lot of time for me to understand that in order for me to enjoy music again, I had to just be honest, be brutally honest with myself. What do I actually enjoy making, you know? What do I get fulfillment out of? Do I want to fit in, or do I want to just do what, like, comes to me? And I think all the successes that I, I feel like I missed out on, they don't really bug me that much. Um, while they should, because it is obviously a, a chance to, you know, create, create a, a, a good listening base. But I think if you're, if you have a strong listening, you know, a strong fan base, but it's not what you're, it's not what you want to do, man, you're setting yourself up for a long road of disappointment for yourself. I think that is the most, probably the most important thing for me is that it's really just got to be what I want to do. And the projects, these projects more than ever now have to be what the artist wants. It, it there's no reason to, to follow suit just because, uh, that's what's working because eventually it doesn't, you know, eventually it mm-hmm. doesn't work. And the, the real stand, the, the test of time really is 10 years from now. Like, what do you, what do you look back on it on that time? What do you take from that time? You know, um, yeah. what do you actually value from that time? There's really no real answer to it why people decide to kind of change the route. But for me, it was very much 
what, where am I getting enjoyment from? You know? And yeah, that's it. That's, that's really it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a simple concept. It's like, you have to really, you have to be your number one fan, your own number one fan and enjoy your stuff. And when musical artists come out and say that they're, you know, they love to bump their own shit. Sometimes I, I feel like certain people will look at that and say, wow, that's very self-absorbed and pretentious. But at the end of the day, like you have to, if you're making stuff that you want to be making, of course, you're going to want to listen to it <laughs> yes. and play it because it's, it's got to be for yourself first and foremost. And then hopefully other people will enjoy it too. If you're putting your truest self forward, it's, it's like such a crazy little formula that seems so simple on the surface, but it's a little more complex than that. But yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. And I think, I think if, like you said, I mean, you put it, you put it in great words. I think there's someone out there who feels like you and everybody, everybody says this, but there really is someone out there who thinks very similar to how you, how you think and how you feel. And not only one person, there are millions of people. This is a big, this big world and you, the music world is huge. So you have to consider that not everybody will love your stuff. Not everybody a lot of people will love your stuff a lot. And like, sometimes it's hard to, to understand that, 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 uh, just like you have different certain tastes, you know, there, there's someone out there who, who's looking for your content, who's looking for what you're putting out. It's all about being patient and working hard to find those people. Because once you do find them, I think it's just like the most elating feeling, even if it's one or two people here and there, it's just, it is what it's about being able to connect with people on a level that's, you know, we're communicating through art. It's really cool. It's really, really cool. And, and it's also like who understands it really, like really in the end of the day, I don't understand really how people feel when they listen to my music. And that's great. That is honestly great. That's probably the most exciting part of it is, you know, it means something to me, means something completely different to you. And, uh, as long as it connects to connects with you in some way, that's the goal. Yeah, for sure. So where would you put this EP? Because it's a debut, so it kind of is like marks publicly the start sort of of David Blazer. Where would you put this on the timeline of your metamorphosis? Is it just, I mean, I'm sure, I think I know the answer. I don't want to say it. I'll let you say it. But um, what does this EP mean on your journey so far? Is it the beginning? Is it kind of the bow to tie the knot on the transformation and you go from here or or what is it? So that has been that, that a lot of that music has been accumulated over the course of two, three years. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it took me a while to write, you know, writing the song, it always starts with writing the song and the pre-production and the kind of conceptualizing where I want to take it. Um, and I think this, like you, you know, based on the question you asked, I think the music, this music, this collection, candy talk is very much the, it's the beginning of something new and the end of, I wouldn't even say it's the end of a soul mechanic because I've, I still do a lot of what I used to do and I, I will continue to do that because it's just what I enjoy. But I think mm-hmm. in terms of what I encompass as an artist on, on my own and my own personal space, uh, Candy Talk is a great example of where I'm headed and where I, where I, I aspire to be and what I aspire to continue to do, it's definitely not the thing I'm going to be doing. Like I never want to, I'm never going to be doing the same thing. And I, I hope that comes across in my music. I hope that, I hope that I'm able to maintain my voice 
while, while still evolving, while still changing, you know, keeping, in other words, like the balance of limitations and, you know, freedom, the complete freedom to do whatever I want. There's a middle ground there. And I think that's what I'm trying to accomplish with my songwriting now. Uh, and, you know, encompassing a lot of the, the sonic elements that I had in Soul Mechanic, the nostalgia, the, the like warmth and the, the kind of sweetness mixed with uh, the songwriting and storytelling aspect of what, what I enjoy. So um, I definitely think Candy Talk is like the first, I mean, it's not only the first collection of music that I, I'm, I'm extremely proud of, but it's definitely the first time that I, I put my, my words to the test. Um, even albeit simple because I, I definitely like to keep things as simple as possible. I think it's definitely the first time I actually put myself onto a record as opposed to kind of channel this alias, this person who's kind of just like this imaginary phantom, you know, Mm -hmm. it's definitely, it's definitely taught me a lot. It's definitely taught me a lot. Uh, and it's, it's going to keep growing. It's not going to stay still. That's, that's all I can say. Um, I know I have a few records down the line, a few singles coming out um, that are going to be a little dancier, kind of like along the lines of Miss Avenue on Candy Talk, you know, more more funky stuff, a lot, a lot of, a lot of grooves. Mm. So yeah, that's definitely. I mean, look, like I, I, I want to do it all and still maintain me inside of it. If I can do that, if I can do that sustainably and do that in a way that connects with people, then my God, that's that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's that's freaking the, great. That's the, that's the juice. That's the formula. That's the juice. That is the formula, sir. <laughs> so I will mention it at the end of the episode as well, but. You can go stream Candy Talk anywhere that you listen to music right now, and I'll put the link in the show notes. But honestly, it's probably more convenient for you to just go look up David Blazer on your listening platform of choice. But um, I also, yeah, it'll, it'll be at soundcloud.com slash let's show and tell with some other good stuff that we will talk about in part two. So we can wrap it up there if you are cool with that. I hope you are because uh, we're going to wrap it up anyways. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds All good. Right. <laughs> we will see y'all on the other side. Welcome back to the Show and Tell podcast. This is part two of the show, which is Show and Tell and other fun stuff. Still haven't thought of like a, an all-inclusive name for that. It's just right now it's part two of Show and Tell, which is Show and Tell and other fun stuff. This is the part of the show where I ask the guests to bring in an item of significance, something that means something to them. And we get to learn a little bit about the guests through this item. And you might enjoy it too, depending on what the item is. So David, what have you brought in to the Show and Tell table for the audience and myself, because I don't know what you're, I don't know what you brought in. Today, I brought in a 1930s baseball glove um, that I got from Shit. Cooperstown, New York. Yeah. Did you steal it from the Hall of Fame? I wish that would have been super badass. No, <laughs> uh, uh, I was, I'm, I'm a big baseball guy, and I was in the Little League All Stars uh, when I was a kid. So uh, I was lucky enough to get selected for the All Star team to go play at Cooperstown for like two weeks. Whoa. Um, and oh man it was so cool you know like going to like the hall of fame and not and whatnot and i got this i bought this glove this like old school glove i'm a i'm fascinated with old things i'm fascinated with vintage things things that are you know decrepit and just like unkempt and just you know not from here not not meant to be you know around anymore i love those kind of things so not only do i love baseball but i love things antiques and things from from a uh, past time 
So yeah, I brought this in. I could have brought in some records from my dad's from my dad's you know radio days, but I figure since we've already been talking about music, I'll show a little bit of a different side of me. Baseball definitely is like is my other love. You know, um, it's it's such a it's such an American game, um, and it definitely kind of leaks into my music in some ways in terms of you know the the American experience and kind of this idea of the American dream and all these ideas kind of come into each other. Um, eventually I'll write a song about baseball in some way, or, you know, use, use some kind of reference to baseball because it, it really is such a, it's such an important thing for me, uh, mm-hmm. that it will never go away. It really won't. And I know like, like you have, you know, your, your passion for soccer and, and basketball, like, dude, that doesn't, it doesn't go away. It's it, no, it, definitely not. It transpires into other things you do in even if, in subtle ways, uh, so hopefully we're, we're able to get some professional sports back, uh, because oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's inspiring. It's, it's inspiring. It really is, Co- you know, competition and this idea of being your best self, being your, you're the strongest person you can be is like, you know, it's admirable. Uh, and it, it, it's something that I see with some of my favorite musicians too, uh, that I look up to <clears throat> friends and, and, and people I've yet to meet. Yeah. It's. It's very nostalgic for me. I, I think, you know, while I don't play baseball anywhere near as much as I used to, uh, it's it's definitely intertwined with the first times I heard jazz music and R&B mm. music, you know, while while at, you know, playing catch with my dad or whatnot and playing catch with my brother. They're all intertwined, you know. So a lot of people like to kind of bunch music. Music is its own thing. Sports are its own thing. Uh, movies are its own thing. Oh, well, actually, movies sound go really well together. But the point is that <laughs> these ideas, the the like approaches to these things, are all very much the same, you know. And to kind of embrace that and to like learn from different mediums, different, you know, different entertainment mediums or sports or, you know, literature, it's it's gonna inform what you do, uh, and it's gonna help you. It's gonna help you no matter what. So yeah, I think. I think this is definitely like the best representation outside of music uh, of my of my personality. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> that's really I, I, I'd love I'd love to include a picture of it uh, for the social media so people can absolutely see it. So absolutely. we'll definitely get that rolling. That's amazing. I'd I'd also love to hear you or hear the song that you hope to make one day about baseball, and I want to hear it in the baseball stadium instead of "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." Not because I don't like that song, but because I think it would be badass if you created like the new baseball anthem. Whoa, dude! Take me out to no, the ball no game pressure. is such a classic. I think. Yeah. I think the 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 difficulty in writing a tune like that is. I mean, no, I could definitely, I think I could definitely do it. It's so simple. To write something so simple is like the most challenging thing. And I think they like, songs like that come once in a life for sure. And man, that's so cool. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to be getting to work on that sometime over this, this <laughs> quarantine. Yeah. What a better time than now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, man. I mean, you'd be, you'd be surprised at kind of weird projects I, I've got cooking up right now just because of the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, d- absolutely. I feel you. I'm in the same boat. <laughs> when you were in the Little League All-Star Tournament, th- this was the one that was like televised on ESPN, right? Uh, yeah, it, it eventually gets there. Our team, our team was really good. We got, we got up there. We were like, I think we were like in the teens in terms of record, you know, like 19th, mm-hmm. uh, in line to go, <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
there was still a lot, a long ways to go, but it was, we were really good. And I still keep up with some of those guys. Some of those guys are musicians now. One of my friends, Sam, uh, you know, he's a, he's a great DJ, like producer. It's, it's really funny how those things come full circle. Yeah. And now, you know, I potentially may collab with him at some, some point during the future. So yeah, it's really, it's really funny. It's really, really funny. Yeah, that no, that is that stuff is wild. I think back to you just remind me of, you know, high school and there's people are who they are in high school, but then they're obviously different, especially if they, you know, go away to college because that is like an environment where you kind of really mold as a person in 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 a particular way. Like obviously you can go and do other stuff and become a different person just like life. I feel like that's just life. I'm just describing life in general. <laughs> yeah. But it's, <laughs> but a, si- it's, I, a, it's a simple one. Yeah, like, but you come back and, and you find out, or I found out that all these people who I, you know, you know, I might not have been friends with them or, or whatever our relationship was back in the day is we might be friends now because I found out that they're also graphic designers or mm-hmm. they also are super into music and DJ or, you know, um, and it's, it's actually weird. Cause like some of the sports people I was friends with, I'm not as close to, I think it's just because of the way that my tastes have changed and developed and just kind of like taken over my personality. But yeah, it's like you come back, like you were saying with the people you played baseball with, you, you find a, you find out that as you grow, you kind of grow along similar paths and then sometimes they connect uh, again, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's really amazing. It really is fascinating, like you said, people changing over time. Kind of just, you know, going back to why I decided to take a, a new route with my music. It's 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 just a journey. To embrace the journey is super important. If you if you feel like you're inclined you're you're meant to be doing something else, then do it. Like it's that simple. I think I think we overlook these things and we th- we think about like our purpose and like dude, it's not it's not that it's not that cut and dry. Like dude, you got to you got to you got to find the things that you want want to do in life and do them to the fullest. And uh, it's really funny. It really is funny. I had, I have friends now that I work very close with. My friend John GK, very talented violinist, producer, songwriter. I always known he we always knew we make made music in high school, but now we're writing songs together all the time. Uh, he's like he's my featured violinist on a lot of my pieces of my music and he's an incredible friend and while we didn't really get to share that that much in high school, we were friendly, but we weren't friends. Like now he's, you know, one of my closest friends and it's amazing how, uh, things, things change, people change. And, uh, you gotta be open to, to that in the future because you never know, you never know who's going to be, you know, someone you're close to. Very well put. Very well put. <laughs> Have you ever used that baseball glove going back to that? <laughs> Or, no. or would it would it like disintegrate if you tried? Well, once when you see a picture of it, you'll be like, ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's I'm I keep forgetting like the 30s is such a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's got to look very different than what baseball gloves looked like even I don't know 30 years ago. Yeah, extremely. The evolution of the baseball mitt is fascinating, but uh, the uh, this glove is you'd be surprised. It's very durable. It's got a, a lot of padding on like the palm, so it's like a very it's so interesting. I, it's not really conducive for catching a ball, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. It's like, dude, you know, you know, we had great inventions at the turn of the century, you know, 1900, kind of around the time baseball was becoming a thing, uh, late 1800s. It's like, dude, we had cars basically at that time. You know, what's yeah. up? What's up with this like glove that basically doesn't catch? <laughs> right. Yeah, but it's a uh, it's cool. It's very cool. There, you'll definitely see it and be like, ah, yes, I've seen that in like the movies. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I remember. So I, I played baseball up until maybe third grade, um, mm-hmm. little league, and we actually I was on all stars as well, and we made it. You know, let's say you know if you were nineteenth in line, we probably were like. 100th in line right right um because i think we made it to like our area final and, and lost but right i i definitely uh i had oh man i loved that jersey that we had like it was it, i felt very prestigious in third grade being on the on the uh little league team the all-star team um so cool but it, it just reminds me because we have you know we're i come from a, a very athletic family just people who love sports and have played multiple sports and my dad has kept a lot of um, stuff from back in the day too. I can't really date when the glove was made, but I just remember when I would go and get my glove, I would always see just a very, very old, old glove. And, um, I don't know how useful this is to the listeners right now, but (laughs) I, uh, I I guess I'm just trying, I'm channeling the same energy that, that you're feeling with that glove. Um, I just, I just would always look at it and be like, how that looks so like, it doesn't look like it would work. (laughs) Like it just doesn't look like it would work. It's just different purposes, different purposes, you know, yeah. like, like music things evolved, you know, like we, you know, we, we become more efficient. Like, let's be real as human beings, we become way more efficient. We have things that are, you know, we're advanced. We're a lot more advanced than we used to be. And I think not only does style play a role in that, like, you know, aesthetics, but uh, like usability, you know, applicability, like what is if if something doesn't have like the best use now how can we make it better you know that's that's what you know inventors have been doing obviously since you know we've we've been able to conceive of these ideas but uh it's you like you said it's really funny it really is funny we look back on ourselves as human beings and being and we're like what really <laughs> that was 100 years yeah. ago <laughs> right yeah it's wild <laughs> Before we end off the show, there's one more part that I would like to get to with you, David, and that is I'd like to ask you something that you didn't learn in school. What's something that you have picked up in your walks of life, whether it's a life hack or a piece of wisdom that you want to share or a cooking tip or some sort of tip to increase efficiency or something, literally anything that you didn't learn in a classroom. Is there anything that you want to share with me and the audience? Yes, definitely. Um... I would say if there's one thing I could top this off with, it starts with the with enjoying the process of anything you do, anything you do, you have to enjoy what the process of doing it. And the result is only just a it's only just a small piece of it of what of what truly makes you enjoy something and truly makes you in immersed in that thing. So to to really I guess put it in simpler terms, like do what you can to enjoy the the journey. Like there's no, there's nothing more important than feeling like if you can just do the thing, then you're happy. If you can, if you're on a desert, does, you know, if you're on a desert Island and you only have this thing, will you be truly happy just doing the thing? You know, do you need, do you need, uh, you know, feedback or is it just something that you can do on your own to fully, engage yourself, engage your mind, your, your spirit? Um, or is it something that is, you have to like challenge yourself? Is it challenging for you to get to that place? It, it, it's always going to be challenging to, to find that place. I think for a lot of people, because of, you know, there's distractions everywhere and, mm-hmm. and, so, and people fall out of love with things, you know, like people's ideas of things change and, and their passions for things evolve and, and take different forms. But if you, as long as you enjoy the process of 
whatever you do, it's all going to be great. Like you're going to, you're going to look back on it and you're going to be like, wow, I'm grateful I did that. I'm grateful I stuck with it. And, uh, in the end of the day, you're just going to be a happier person. I, I truly believe that. Again, it's just the process, enjoying the process and enjoying the things that are difficult so that when there is, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel, uh, it's really, it's a lot brighter and it's a lot more of a, of a savior for you. Yeah. It's difficult to, to be aware of that stuff and really look at it while you're in the process, I feel, because of just purely where you are. And I think just to harp on what you were saying, just to kind of be grateful for the things that you've done. Like take take a minute to, sorry, I just looked. I don't know why I said sorry. I, I bumped good. my microphone and I apologize to you. I should be apologizing to the microphone. I'm sorry, <laughs> microphone. Um, I Just take a moment to show gratitude to yourself. Like, you know, give yourself a pat on the back or, you know, reflect, give yourself time to reflect. And I think that's a big part of, a big part that will help you enjoy the process. Cause I, I definitely, you know, it's not just about the creation itself. It's about the journey to get to, the end product, you know, and that's kind of what makes art and just anything in general, just what it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Enjoy the journey and let it take you different places. Don't, don't let it, don't let it define you. Don't let it, don't let the journey define you, but, but be very open to, to any, anything that's, you know, coming your way because you never, you really never know what's going to spark some, some inspiration and, and uh, change your life for good. Beautiful. On that note, we'll end the show. So before we go, David, this is your time to tell the audience where people can find you, your music, uh, all the other beautiful things that you've got going on in your life. Take it away. Sweet. So yeah, you can find my music on like all the platforms, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, all that stuff. Uh, My name is David Blazer, B-L-A-Z-E-R, like the Chevy or like the coat you wear when it's mildly cold or like blazer from dodgeball yeah oh dude i oh my god i forgot about that that was such a good one thank you yeah oh i'm gonna have to rewatch that movie over this quarantine it's a good movie yeah that's a really good one yeah so you you can find (laughs) you can find my music on the internet and uh i on my instagram you're more than welcome to hit me up uh it's just dave blazer d-a-v-b-l-a-z-e-r um yeah, I I love collaborating. I love meeting, talking to uh, to people. So uh, don't be shy. Send me a send me a message, and uh, it's uh it's nice to connect with you. Yeah, and thank you so much for being on the show. I thought it was a swell, grand old time. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it, dude. I look forward to. it. Hopefully, we can do it some sometime uh, down the road. Yeah, absolutely. And just a couple more things from me. If you like the show, give it a nice little review on Apple if that's where you're listening or if you just want to hit me up and say, cool, then do that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you have some other word. I don't know. Just hit me up. That, that I Like David, I like to hear feedback as well on what you know could be done better or what you enjoyed, and that would be cool. Um, like I said earlier, if you want to find David and you don't know how to use Instagram, but somehow you know how to use SoundCloud, you can go to soundcloud.com slash let's show and tell. All of the show notes will be there with the links. In terms of the baseball glove, though, there will be a picture up on Instagram at some point, you know, whether it's the day of the show release or the day after, something like that. You can go take a gander at that photo on our social media at let's show and tell. And one more thing, if you enjoy the show, share it with a friend, just like if you enjoy anything, share it with a friend because sharing is caring. Peace.